This past Monday, I experienced probably one of the most holy moments of my life. I was out at Fleetwood Farms near Champion, Alberta, about an hour and a half southeast of here, standing beneath a big blue Alberta prairie sky in the middle of a beautiful, beautiful pasture, surrounded by a herd of horses, talking to a breeder who brought me out into that place about the theology of these amazing creatures. And the whole time we spoke, maybe 40 minutes there out in that field beneath that sky, um, it was as though God was there with us speaking through the words and the heart and the knowledge of a breeder who never went to church, had nothing to do with church, was not into religion, but said he experienced God everywhere, every day when he worked there. Speaking through me as I couldn't help but theologically unpack everything he was and what these horses were and what he was teaching me about their nature. And speaking through both of us via the conversation as we unpack the theology of horses together. Now, today is not the Theology of Horses Sermon Day. That is next Sunday. Um, so you're obviously invited to be a part of that. So more on that next week, what we talked about. Um, but I tell you, driving home from that day, um, I was absolutely elated. Um, this is exactly what we had just talked about, a small group of us, the night before, about what God could be making our church to be, the kind of church where people would just kind of go out into their worlds and be people who could name and experience God's presence in every place where they work or where they play or where they do family. Uh, that church could be that big and that wide and that broad, like a big Alberta blue sky kind of big definition of church. Of course, we believe that here because God is wherever we are. God was in that field in Champion, Alberta, long before the breeder, Ryan, and I got there. Anyway, driving home elated, going, I could do this the rest of my life. I could do this for another 10 years. Just go into places and Start to name where God is already at work there. How beautiful would that be for me as a pastor, but for all of us in this faith community, that we could become that kind of church. And so Monday afternoon in that holy place, church was happening for me. And I felt at home. I felt myself I felt alive and restored because I tell you, driving out there was not near as elated and I was exhausted and it was a Monday and it should have been my day off, but this was the only time we could meet. And I'm standing at that gate of that ranch going, I hope I have the energy to do this guy enough honor of interviewing him well. Like really, that much out of gas and really that much of a transformation in that holy place. That, to me is the freedom of what our faith can be. As free as a gently blowing Alberta wind on a beautiful blue sky day. And it was like a dream.
When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, Jerusalem, for the psalm writer, his city, his people, our city, our world, you, me, our community, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with songs of joy. And then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev desert. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seeds to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves, a huge harvest with them. When I first read that psalm three or four weeks ago in my morning devotions, like I do every day, just reading the psalms, meditating on these words, seeking your face, God, beyond the sacred page, I, I wondered about that word, dreamed. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. And of course, that English word is translated from a Hebrew word, which could have a multitude of meanings that was translated dreamed. So I clicked on the note on my study Bible and read, we were like those who dreamed or we were like those who were restored to health. I thought that was a little incongruent. <laughs> yeah, so be careful when you read your Bibles, hanging your whole faith or your idea of what's true on one particular word, because that word maybe, if it's in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew, could have been interpreted in something, some totally different way. So, like, let go of your supposed wisdom in interpreting the Scriptures and knowing what they mean. Back to the thing. Anyway, two different meanings for this word, dreamed. So I thought about that and kind of was prayerful before God with that dissonance, that difference. And then the two meanings started to come together for me. They came together for me because I soon discovered that they, are, they were naming my reality at that point in my faith journey. Increasingly feeling more and more restored to health while at the same time finding, catching myself, dreaming again. And learning then. It's hard to dream when you're down and out. It's hard to think optimistically about the future if you're investing all of your energies just to get through the day, the moment. When you're tapped, it is difficult to be optimistic enough and imaginative enough to dream. And whether it's your physical health, your body, your mental health, or your spiritual health, it's just difficult to dream when things are hard in those places. And yet, with renewed health and restoration comes a new imagination and a new capacity and energy to think about the one next, what's next, to dream about what could be.
It's like God reaches down and just kind of lifts your chin so that you could see a little further. Because somehow, in God touching you, all the things your mind was just confused with and ruminating on, it's like they, they faded to the background for just a second. And beneath God's touch, beneath the sheltering wing, but surrounded by the blanket that is his love, you feel comfortable enough and yourself enough and healthier enough, healthy enough to dream again. And, and the moment, it is like standing in the middle of a pasture on a beautiful Alberta day. And you think about it, if you've been sick or you've gone through the brokenness of loss or pain or death or vocational struggle or stress or anxiety, how is healing not a dream come true? You've become yourself again. And maybe you've, I have moments like this, and maybe you do too, where you go, oh, I remember that healthy feeling. <sighs> Thank you. I feel a bit younger again, like I did a couple years ago when I was in a better place. It's good to be back here, God. Thank you, Lord. I wonder what's coming next. I wonder what you have in mind for my life, for our life. And in my experience, when the healing is truly remarkable, the dreaming can equally be quite intense. So I am going to do what I said I wasn't going to do at the back before the service because it would be the third time telling the story, which means I've told it to almost everyone in the room except for three people. But I'm going to say it again because... <laughs> Like, last Sunday, I'm up here, and we're talking about waiting on God, and we don't want to get in God's way. We don't want to step in front, and we're not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. We're not going to blow this by sort of grabbing and taking control and making things happen and believing that God is already, the Spirit is already at work in the middle of our confusion and not knowing how things are going to turn out, doing what God's wanting done. So Sunday, I talked to someone after the service, has been tracking with our church for months, the reason they were was because there are people who work in the scientific field and they, 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 they couldn't believe this church was as strong on science and the pandemic and, and vaccinations as we were and they thought all churches should be that way. So we're going to go check that church out. And then Monday, holy moment in the pasture. Tuesday, meet a guy at the pool who I've seen for 10 years swimming with Edward at the pool who says from the side of the pool as we walk in, how was the Connor McDavid sermon? And all of a sudden, he'd done the math that I was a pastor who was doing, saw my picture in the paper, and, and we have been connecting more deeply ever since. I don't go to church, he said, but I'm going to come to your church. The rancher says, I'm coming with my family to your church. We don't go to church next week. And then the next day, I meet a guy for coffee who works at the Calgary Public Library, was coordinating us doing some stuff there, and he doesn't go to church, hasn't gone for 20 years, used to be a Catholic church attendee. He starts talking to me, he's been watching us for two years, and just starts quoting from all these sermons and things that we've done, 
And he starts talking to me, and I swear I'm talking to me as he's talking to me. He is so in tune with what we're doing as a church. It was so, I, I said it twice to him, how ridiculous, how egocentric. Sounds like I'm talking to me. But I, it was in a good sense. This guy, I'll be there. I'm, I'll, I'll be coming to visit. And then the craziest one, walking in East Village on Canada Day, some lady screams out, I know you, you're famous. And it was like absolutely ridiculous, right? <laughs> and, and we kind of stop and I look over and there's a, an older woman with a slightly younger woman with her and I go over and I say, excuse me, and you're in the paper all the time, says the older woman with a cane. And then I quickly realized that I think she was disabled in some way and maybe on the spectrum and then her friend said she has a perfect memory and so if she's seen you somewhere, she'll let you know she's seen you before. And it was ridiculous, crazy, right? But this week, and you go, it doesn't take long <laughs> for that little niggling doubt, but is all that really real? Or will that really last, God? And yet it feels so amazing. I needed to touch somebody and tell the story four times to make sure it was real. We were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Can you imagine being so powerfully restored by God that that defined you and your life? that it would make your life feel like a dream come true, whatever that would look like for you. Receiving something so indisputably and unequivocally from God that you could have never seen coming, could never have set up, could never have made happen, happening for you. So remarkable that you just want to pinch yourself. You know, am I awake? It's like the opposite of when you're having a dream and you realize you were dreaming and I am awake and ah, <laughs> I can't fly. <laughs> but the flip side, yeah, you are awake. Actually, you're more awake now than you've ever been in that God moment. God with you. What if that is the life that God has for you in the in this day ahead, in the weeks and months, in the life of this church going forward? What if what's going to happen and is already happening here is akin to like a resurrection from the dead? Could God do that? Still our life, but our life made new. Out of the dirt, breaking the surface, come alive, growing like a vine, new. Something free from the strain and the cynicism and the skepticism about faith communities and church and Christians and God. Something so true that all of that baggage falls away and we, are, we just are the people of God, before God, together. 
The kind of renewal that would have people saying, the Lord has done great things for them. Those folks at Martelluke Church, the Reformed Church in Calgary and beyond. God doing something so powerful here that we would be saying about ourselves, the Lord has done great things for us. Do you remember post-pandemic when it was just like, <laughs> we're all going, mm, we'll see. But we stepped forward in faith and then, do you remember that time? Look what God has done here. It, it would be like the Exodus story of an entire nation being freed from slavery. That kind of astonishment. What did those people feel as they left Egypt, newly freed? Or later, the Israelite people freed from Babylonian captivity, the superpower, the superpower's King Cyrus, writing a decree and setting a whole people free to go back to their city and rebuild all things new. Now, even more than that, to send them back to those places with all kinds of money and plunder so that they had the money to, to build their new city again. Could that really happen? Could we really be feeling that? Maybe now already, but more one day. The, the ecstasy, otherworldly, Time and space, they kind of wobble. And you're going, am I here? Are you here in that powerful and true a way, God? This is a vision. This is a dream. Surely, that is what it would feel like if God moved by his spirit in a powerful way in you, in me, in us together. Is that really what you have for us, God? Is that really how you see us, God? For God so loves the world, he sent his son. For God so loves Jane and Joan and Edward and Fenna that he came to us. For God so loves the city that he's going to breathe in maybe a new way into all kinds of churches here in Calgary. For God so loves the world. It's like a vision. When Jesus' disciple Peter, who was in jail for talking about who Jesus really was after he was told not to, when he was freed from that prison on that miraculous night by what he thought was an angel, he told others afterwards, I didn't know if it was real or not. It felt like a vision. Imagine coming back to church in a month or after the summer and you've had this experience and you... Like what happened in my life? Imagine that in your life, friend. 
It's like a vision. Did that happen? Was that real? And we're all going to hear the story and go, yeah, friend, that was real. (laughs) Imagine that. When Jacob found out that his long-dead son Joseph was alive, no more than that, that he was the king and the prince of Egypt, I can't believe it. Then he believed it. And the text says his spirit was revived. He was healed. The the vision, what God imagined, the dream come true, healed this old man looking into the future. Bad eyes, not sure. When dreams come true, there is healing. When the disciples first saw Jesus after the resurrection in that upper room. They could not believe their eyes and many would not believe their eyes. Touch my hands. Touch my side, Jesus said. And then in the touching moment, as though waking from a dream, it dawned on them that this is real. Who he said he was He is. What he promised to do, he's done. What he's offered to you, he's given. This is more real than anything I've ever experienced. That by his spirit, Jesus is in the room, this room, this little upper room right now. Touch my hands, touch my side, hear my voice. Hear moving in you by his spirit moving, in his city of Calgary moving, in his world. It's the greatest dream, the greatest vision imaginable. (laughs) It's hard to imagine God dreaming it all up in the mind of God before anything came to be. But surely the moment of seeing what it will one day be must have been filled with ecstasy and love and power and glory and beauty in the mind of God who surely knew, knew and knows that it wasn't a dream and that it is coming to be. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. We can pray that when we have the faith to believe what we're talking about now, and we can confidently pray and know what the psalmist knows, that those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves of harvest with them. That is God's dream for us in our church. I believe that with my whole heart.
I have no idea what the timing is. I have no idea what the how is. Caveat, caveat, caveat. Maybe falling into faithlessness. I believe it with all my heart that that is God's dream for us. To give us a healthy, harvest, full life. And all we have to do is give God everything. I'm going to close with a reading from the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy. It's a bit longer, so track with me. But this is what God promises if we do that. Here's what will happen. God, your God, will restore everything you lost. He'll have compassion on you. He'll come back and pick up all the pieces from all the places where you were scattered. No matter how far away you end up, God, your God, will get you out of there and bring you back to the land your ancestors once possessed. It will be yours again, and he will give you a good life and make you more numerous than your ancestors. God, your God, will cut away the thick calluses on your heart and your children's hearts, freeing you to love God your God, with your whole heart and soul and live, really live. God, your God, will put all these curses on your enemies who hated you and were out to get you, and you will make a new start, listening obediently to God, keeping all his commandments that I'm commanding you today. God, your God, will outdo himself and making things go well for you. Imagine that. You'll have babies, get calves, grow crops, and enjoy an all-round good life. Yes, God will start enjoying you again. I love that turn. You will start enjoying God again, is what I would have written. God will start enjoying you again. Making things go well for you as he enjoyed doing it for your ancestors. But only if you listen obediently to God, your God, and keep his commandments and regulations written in this book of Revelation. Nothing half hearted here. We must return to God. You must return to God. Your God, totally, heart and soul, holding nothing back. Let's pray. So help us by your spirit to have the faith where our faith is lacking, to take that step toward you, God, to get the life, to receive the life, to receive the gift that is a more real and beautiful and true and meaningful and eternally compelling life again. life the way you made human life to be, 
before things fell off the rails through history, through our history. Life the way you will one day perfectly remake it to be in that eternally one day kingdom come, heaven on earth place. Let us now in this middle ground remember well, look forward well, and with hands raised before you uh, commit to obedience and to following you and to seeking you with all of our hearts and souls and bodies and minds. And may your kingdom come here in this church here on earth as it is in heaven. So hear our prayer and keep us all, we pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.